I totally agree with you, Sam. And I think that that's something that I really struggle with personally because I have a strong, strongly rooted distrust of authority. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, whenever I'm talking to a professor, I'm like, "Well, you're giving me a grade, so you're not going to tell me what you really think. So I don't trust you because you're the establishment." This week's theme is called vision, and we're talking about uh, what vision even is, um, and exploring some of the definitions of vision as a team. And I know for me personally, uh, over the last week, just been thinking a lot about, well, what am I even going to say on a podcast <laughs> about vision? Like, what, what does that even mean to me? This is the Steely Podcast. Students and teachers learning together. Hi, I'm Claire Hogan. And I'm Jacob Hall. And we're both student partners here at the Studio for Teaching and Learning Innovation. And we are so excited to welcome you to our new Steely podcast, Students and Teachers Coming Together. This is going to be a podcast where we invite professors, faculty members, and students together to chat about our experiences in and out of the classroom and how uh, we can work together to form more meaningful bonds between different pieces of the William & Mary community. Our theme for this episode is visions. You're going to hear a few different segments, a few interviews with Steely members, and a general conversation about our vision for education. It's going to be a wonderful episode, so don't touch that dial. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about what vision even means, and of course, there's the literal idea of of vision seeing through your eyes. So we we put together a little eye chart here and came up with this, uh, Katie came up with this activity where we'd have students take off their glasses and try to read what the uh, letters say on this eye chart. Just so you have a preview, the people coming in don't know what it says, but now you will because you're listening. Um, It is an eye chart. It is a Steely Podcast eye chart. It says WNM Steely Podcast, Vision Within Teaching and Learning. And you can tell that I have good vision because I can read it from across the room. (laughs) And on the side, there are the numbers one through eight. This activity is a huge metaphor for how vision is important in your life. All right, so go ahead. uh, First impressions, describe what this object looks like to you it's a william and mary steely podcast poster but it's in the format of like an eye vision exam okay okay uh can you tell me uh, more about like the colors and stuff it's white and dark green and there's a little bold straight line under the word podcast all right this isn't because i can see i'm just good at <laughs> guessing things since i can't see that's amazing Well done. (laughs) How did you feel without your glasses on being asked to do this? I felt not nervous, just like, I don't know the word. I felt without. (laughs) W&M Steely Podcast. Vision within. Oh, God. Teaching and learning. (gasps) Did I get it? You did get it. I don't need my glasses anymore, guys. (laughs) You didn't need your glasses, but I don't know if you want to go through life squinting like that. That's true. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. There's one other aspect to this poster that we haven't talked about yet. Oh? Uh, There's also some things on the side. They're little... Are they numbers? I don't know. Uh, Tell me. They're they're little squiggly dudes. (laughs) Okay, what are the little squiggly dudes doing? I don't know. I didn't even notice them at first. It's like they're just kind of like there. One, two, three. I think they're numbers. <laughs> what do numbers say? They just show like values, right? Uh, 
WNM uh, STLI podcast. Yeah, that's pretty much all I see. <laughs> got this. Take a guess. What's what's beneath the gold bar? She leans back. <laughs> she squints. Oh. Vision, vision within. She squints, leans back some more. And then I see T, and that's it. <laughs> T. I mean, I'm guessing it says teaching and learning. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! This is the Steely Podcast. Students and teachers communicating. You're the little southern at the end of that. Hey, I'm Katie. I'm a senior. I'm majoring in theater and sociology, and I am a student partner with Steely. Hi, I'm Grace Helmick. I am a senior this year, and I'm also a student partner with Steely. Hello, I'm Claire Hogan. I am once again also a senior and also a student partner. Very redundant. Hello, my name is Josephine Bong. I am a junior studying business analytics and economics, and I am also a student partner. Hi guys, my name is Sam. I'm also a student partner, but I am a junior. I'm a government major, and I am very excited to be doing this. So vision. Vision, what do we think? What are we talking about, vision? Yeah, vision. Um, Literal vision, metaphorical vision, all sorts of vision. Well, you know, vision is with the eyes, and this plays into the eye of STLI. Innovation. Where are we going? Where do we want to be? What is our future in education as teachers and as learners? What is your vision of education, Katie? I feel like my vision for education is something that is it's a joy. It's about seeking out information about our world. It's about collaboration. Um, I actually met with a bunch of professors today, and we were talking about performance and pedagogy. And we had this really, really cool discussion about, you know, how do you factor in grades when you're teaching something creative? And then how do the more, quote unquote, objective fields like the hard sciences, how do you incorporate creativity in that? And how how do grades sometimes fall short even when you're dealing with something that's as simple as a yes or no answer? And so I just really like the idea of education as this more holistic experience as opposed to sitting and hearing a lecture and being told, yes, you've met this arbitrary uh, boundary for yes, you know the material, or no, you failed. Uh, It's a series of attempts. It's a series of experiences. It's a series of conversations. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Katie. I think that's honestly the goal of this podcast in a lot of ways. You know, this is about communication. This is about collaboration. This is about education as experience, but also as collaboration and not just something where, you know, a teacher is in a room and is giving a bunch of information just at a student. This is a give and take. This is back and forth. This is the student and the teacher are learning together and working together through this experience of education. And that is what the end vision and end goal of education can and should be. You know, it shouldn't be this kind of archaic model of, you know, students are in this classroom and they are here to absorb, and that is it. And that is the end purpose that we serve. And I think that's what is so cool about this podcast is this is a platform for us 
um, as students, but also for faculty to come on and for us just to have conversations, to be able to collaborate, to um, talk about what's working, what isn't. Um, you know, how can we have empathy in classrooms? How can we work together to make the classroom a space that is conducive to true learning and, you know, not just regurgitating information? Um, and I think that that's something that all of us want to work towards, um, but maybe we haven't necessarily known how to in the past. And I think it's really interesting that you're like this archaic form of education, because, I mean, when you think about it, we feel like the way we learn now, the way we go to school is like, that's always how it's been. That's always what education has been. But I mean, you go back and you see like people have been learning in all these different ways since the beginning of time. And I mean, even outside of formal education, education continues in all these informal pathways that are, go so far beyond the classroom experience. So we should have podcast classrooms where everyone's on mic and then we all like record ourselves contributing to discussion and then you're graded on like your airtime. Yeah, you figured it out. You cracked the code, man. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Have you guys ever had that moment where you like ask a teacher a question that's kind of tangentially related and then you see like their eyes light up and they like immediately go off on this thing that you can tell they're super like interested in and passionate about, but they might not have gotten to just like on the syllabus? Because I've always felt like those are the really exciting moments where you like kind of unlock that passion for teaching again and it comes off of like their notes for the class. It comes like away from their all these years of teaching and it goes back to that passion that brought them to the classroom in the first place. Yeah, I, I, th I think that is definitely an aspect that only really kind of happens on one-on-one conversations with teachers and faculty. I mean, going into office hours and being able to have that spark and have that question in your head and having them really just kind of get the ball rolling and just kind of talk about everything that they're passionate about within the subject matter is something really special. And I think that it's something that more people should kind of do, you know, go out and talk to your teachers about something more than just what's happening in class. And that connection is very important in the future. I totally agree with you, Sam. And I think that that's something that I really struggle with personally, because I have a strong strongly rooted distrust of authority. Um, and so <laughs> and so whenever I'm talking to a professor, I'm like, well, you're giving me a grade, so you're not going to tell me what you really think. So I don't trust you because you're the establishment. Um, but what I think is really, <laughs> I'm only half joking. Um, what I think is really great about Steely is that you're really put on like a level playing field. You're put at the same table as instructors. And so instead of them having a much higher place than you, because they're grading you, obviously. You're able to have these much more open discussions where they're not just the establishment, right? Where you see them as a person and you can talk to them about why they're into teaching and why they like the subject that they do. And so having those really open discussions where you're sort of on equal footing is really, really valuable for opening those doors. I completely agree. And I think that I've just, through Steely, had the opportunity to work with faculty in a space that is not a classroom and in a space that is not on grades and on material that is like specifically for a class. And in doing that, I've been able to not only see what they're passionate about, but in a really cool way, see how faculty learn, how faculty, um, you know, grow and create and want to collaborate and being able to see them not just as like you know, these looming figures of authority, but as like fellow creators, as people who also are looking for answers and trying to like collaborate with you to create a piece of like artwork. Um, I do a lot of video work. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. This is 
been really neat for me because I see, you know, it isn't as like imposing as I feel like it would be if I were in the classroom with them. It's getting down on like a different level of, yes, this is a level playing field. We're both creators here. And, you know, you're looking to me as much as I'm looking to you. It's not that I'm coming to you, you know, in office hours because I need help with a grade. It's, you know, we're working to create this piece together. And how is that going to happen? And that's such a different approach than coming to office hours, which can be great. But, you know, I feel like it's it's very different when the focus is on grades and grading, which unfortunately is just very much how most any university is. Because, I mean, let's face it, that's how you're being evaluated. You know, you're getting a GPA. That's how you get your degree. That's, you know, how you're going to graduate. Um, that's that's very much like tainting how our education system is. Um, and I, I just, I wish there was a different way to go about that. I do hope this can be a space where we can really start just like, I mean, sharing our different visions, sharing these ideas for what a future of education could look like, what these relationships could be redefined as and I mean I'm not saying this podcast is going to go out into the world and revolutionize the way we conduct education but the idea of starting to ask those questions and offering the food for thought that could grow or really spark something in someone I mean speaking more on that I I think it's a very great opportunity to have an open dialogue with faculty and professors through this podcast and having that open dialogue with them where we share our ideas and maybe they come back to us later on and tell them tell us their ideas and we have them on here and we talk to them like later on this podcast we have two interviews with faculty members um, who provide their insight on the vision of education and I think that's a very worthwhile piece to listen to. Studio for Teaching and Learning Innovation. That was weird. Our next activity is going to be... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have an interview that I had with Mark Hofer, the lead of Steely. He's going to talk to me a little bit about what he defines vision as and how vision can play out in all aspects of our lives as students, professors, and just people living. (laughs) Just people in the world. Just people in the world. Well, just people at the end of the day. Mark has advice for all people. So my name's Jacob. I'm one of the student partners here at Steely, and I'm talking to... Mark Hofer. I'm the director of Steely and professor in the School of Education. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Thanks, Jacob. I would tell you all about it, but honestly, it's a new project for everyone, and we're kind of figuring out what it means for us, what what we want it to become. So I really love projects like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm really excited to, to have you on and talk to you during the, the first piece of it. Definitely. Excited to be here. Awesome. So this week's theme is called Vision, and we're talking about uh, what vision even is um, and exploring some of the definitions of vision as a team. And I know for me personally, uh, over the last week, just been thinking a lot about, well, what am I even going to say on a podcast <laughs> about vision? Like, what what does that even mean to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of wondering, like, when I when I just first said the word vision, what what sort of jumps to your mind? What what's something that y- you connect to that word? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think my mind always goes to envisioning something or seeing something that doesn't exist but that might exist something exciting, something new, something different. 
thinking aspirationally, thinking about like what what could be, what's possible, and where might we go, um, but holding it loose. You know, you might have sort of a vague idea or a general or even a big picture sort of vision in your mind of where you want to go, but not seeing it too clearly that it's maybe a little hazy. And sure. sometimes it gets really hazy, you know, and that's okay. And that's part of sort of realizing a vision, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I know for me personally, when I think about vision, I'm like, oh, vision must just be changing all the time. Like for myself, but also for other people, what we think will be the future or what we think could happen is just constant, at least for myself, it's constantly mm-hmm. changing, you know, yeah, and, definitely. Um, whatever pro- projects we're working on and um, things that we want to just become or create. I feel like vision could be applied to so many things and it's kind of hard to understand when it, when it becomes so volatile. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting way to think about it. I think, yeah, I definitely think it's always changing. And I'm an old guy, so I have progressive glasses. Which <laughs> means, like, at the top of my glasses, it's for distance vision, you know? Yeah. And then the middle is kind of like that mid-range, and then low down is like reading, right? And vision can, I think, sometimes be like that, too. Like, sometimes you really do need to sort of have a very concrete plan for the rest of the day or tomorrow or next week. But sometimes you really have that luxury of being able to kind of look further out. And so depending on where you look, you know, in the glasses, it frames your vision differently. And I think life is like that too, depending on sort of, you know, what you're going through at that point in your life or the semester, you know, each semester looks a little different, different points of the semester, your vision might, you know, be changing. And, and I think one thing that I've learned as I've gotten older is to be okay with that. I know that you have been doing a lot of work at William & Mary in Steely, directing this program, but then, of course, also teaching your own classes and Mm -hmm. leading all sorts of other things. Um, Could you tell me a little bit about your process for starting a project like that? Mm. And when you start something new, do you have an idea of how far out you need to plan? Like, how much vision do you need to have to get started? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Boy, it's, it's different for me thinking about planning a class versus planning a project that we're working on. Um, I think one thing in terms of projects that I've learned over time, especially several years ago, I did some work with the design school at Stanford. And one of the things that they really talk about is the idea of making little bets. And you might have a big aspiration, like, uh, and that's a very fuzzy vision. I think sometimes, you know, you you think like, for example, with Steely, one of the things I wanted as a part of Steely was a really strong student perspective and student voice in what we do. I had no idea what that was going to look like, but that was the aspiration. Sure. So the way you can move towards that aspiration sometimes is through small bets, like small goals that can move you in a direction. And so, you know, you're with the uh, progressives metaphor, you're looking through the, the bottom of the lens. You're just focused on what's right in front of you. But when you take a small step, you learn something, and then that informs your next step and your next step and your next step. And then that way you can gradually kind of way find your way to a really great result. And like with our student partners program, I'm really excited with where we are now. I don't think we're, we've realized that vision I have yet. That's okay. We're, we're sort of on our way there. And every new thing we try, we'll, we'll pivot and we'll learn and we'll, you know, evolve to the next thing. And, you know, and hopefully at some point we can look back and say, 
wow, how we don't do anything in the studio without students at our side, right? As partners, and right. I really think we'll get there, but I have no idea how that's going to be. So the vision is is there, that big aspiration is there, but it's very fuzzy about like what are the next steps. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Uh, so it's it's a bit of a leap of faith, I think, taking that approach. But but I really like that idea by doing these small bets. You're not so invested, and you're not so um, locked in on a particular thing that you're not willing or able to shift direction. Right. And I could imagine any seasoned leader would say similar things about how you can't have an, a holistic vision right off the out the gate. Like that is a good way to probably I, maybe put yourself in a box or just mm-hmm. not have a, like a good path forward when some, some wrench gets thrown into the plan. Like you do have to be able to change what's happening or accommodate some new factor that you didn't yes. first think about. Totally. It, it's funny that you, we're, we're talking about this on the eve of our strategic planning process. <laughs> so we're about to do a three-year plan. And it's like, how can you, you know, you can't possibly really plan three years out, you know? Right. And even that sh- doesn't seem very long, you know, it's just three years. But uh, I think it was Eisenhower that said, um, plans are worthless, but planning is everything. So for the podcast, um, we are trying to figure out what this podcast will look like in the long term, just when it comes to like what what things we could accomplish, bringing students, um, professors, other faculty members into the room together and recording our voices as a way of sort of looking at each other in the eyes and talking about things that we um, could relate to and learn from each other. Um, but of course, that is a very, I guess that would be the long-term vision, right? <laughs> right? Like That's a very sort of abstract goal. And we're thinking a little bit more about what, lessons, what short-term visions we could create to make this podcast successful. Are there things that you might think would would work really well in a podcast environment like this? Yeah, I think I always appreciate sort of a topic-driven show. So maybe we're, we're, it's faculty and students talking and sharing ideas about, you know, from the faculty perspective, from the student perspective about, say, creating an inclusive classroom environment. Mm. Or it might be about um, engaging students in, um, work that's meaningful and relevant to them and to their future. Mm. Or maybe it's um, ways that you can learn content and build skills at the same time. So there could be these big ideas. And I, I think just that interchange of ideas, faculty and students sharing perspectives, I think could be really powerful for everybody. To Because I think we all view the world through a certain lens. And I think seeing those other ways of looking at topics. And, and of course, as a faculty member, I always I love to hear how students respond to what I'm trying to do in a class because that's why I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm not right. here to make myself happy or to, but I'm, I'm here to inspire students or to help them learn and grow and develop. So it's, it's really critical for me to understand their perspective. So I think that would just be really wonderful. And then I think it, it, it helps students to understand where faculty members are coming from because sometimes they might be working with constraints or with big ideas or philosophical perspectives that students could understand maybe more why the class is structured the way it is or why we learn in this way together. So I think it could really be great for sort of um, building bridges or, or just developing more of a shared understanding and, uh, you know, that we're, we really are in this together. And so I think that could be a really great outcome of this podcast is just finding common ground and, and understanding different perspectives we recognize that everybody has a valuable perspective and that we come from a good place because we want William and Mary to be a wonderful place to teach and to learn together. So I think 
creating that kind of culture and environment is really critical to having those kinds of conversations. I can feel my vision for this podcast has already expanded <laughs> much more than it, than it was right before we started recording. Well, I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mark. Thanks, Jacob. Pleasure to talk with you. Absolutely. This is the Steely Podcast. Students and teachers speaking as one. Hi, I'm Peter Rizzo. I'm a junior studying English and Film and Media Studies. And oh, I'm so sorry. I'm Grace Helmick. I'm a senior. I'm also studying English and Film and Media Studies. Wait, my, we did it again. My lines are in blue. Yours are in red. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Grace Helmick. I'm a senior and I'm studying English and Film and Media Studies. Hi, I'm Peter Rizzo. I'm a junior and I'm also studying English and Film and Media Studies. How's your vision, Peter? Do you have 2020 vision? I have 2020 vision, but I feel like every time I get my vision tested, I do it wrong. You do it wrong. Like they always say, like don't prep. Like when you go to the like the doctor and they like a physical and do your eye test, they're always like, don't push down on the other eye that you're not using. Just like hold your hand over it. But I I almost exclusively push my hand down, which means when I do the second eye, it's like blurry specifically because seconds ago I had pushed down on my eye. I cheat on those tests. So that well, okay. How? Do you just memorize the eye chart? No, or no, no. I, I cheat so that I can do worse than I actually Well, this is when I was a kid. I really wanted glasses as a kid, okay? Um I thought glasses were cool. And uh my vision's twenty ten actually. So I've got like supervision. But I wanted glasses. Um so I used to lie on the test and say that I couldn't read things. Um, when I could, so that they would give me glasses. I love the idea that if your vision was too good, that they would give you glasses to neutralize it. So how do you feel now that there's, like, the fashion trend of people wearing glasses that they don't really need? Are they prescription? They're not. Like, people will just buy glasses with just, like, transparent lenses. I don't know. I guess that kind of goes into vision, though, with, like, appearances, like, how people want to be viewed. I guess I really can't speak on that because I was one of those people, except I had the prescription glasses and they gave me headaches. It's like how your like perception of someone changes if you find out that the glasses that they're wearing are like not real glasses. Because I've but definitely like had interactions with someone where it's like I'll ask them, oh, I didn't know you wore glasses. And they're like, no, they, they're just like they're wearing blue light glasses, even though they're not like in front of a computer. Or they're just wearing glasses with just plastic lenses. Well, like I have blue light glasses too, but that's because I'm always in front of a computer to like prevent headaches. Because that was the thing. Like I only got, uh, I didn't use blue light glasses kind of because of that reason. And it wasn't until we started doing Zoom classes a lot more often because I would start yeah. to get headaches when I was at home. Speaking of blue light glasses <laughs> over Zoom, um, my vision really changed, I guess, in a way for my education and kind of how I thought that was going to go. Oh, um, that kind of vision. Oh, yeah, that kind of vision. <laughs> now we're talking in metaphors. Um, just how that has all changed within the pandemic, but also just just like seeing that I, I never pictured myself staring at a computer screen and like having my education be like solely through an online video format. Especially like when initially it started off like being in a classroom. Like I came to William and Mary for specifically small classrooms, discussion based, um, like teaching styles, and a lot of that has largely changed um because of the pandemic. Like I 
I chose this school over other schools because of that. And I mean, now I, I find it very hard to pay attention in a Zoom room as opposed to being in an actual classroom. It's hard to like really divorce myself from online classes in the sense of like my freshman year before anything like went down, I never liked using my laptop in classes because I was too easily distracted. Like I didn't like taking um, like typed out notes or anything because like I would get distracted by like notifications or like pop-ups or whatever. So having to like transfer to like an online thing at home, I don't have a desk in my room. So I was just on my laptop on my bed, which made it harder to like write out any like handwritten notes because there's no surface. And then even here, like my desk isn't big enough if I'm having Zoom classes to like write them out. And then now that I'm in classes, it feels like I'm so out of practice with having taken notes that it's just I need to type them out so I'm not like falling behind. I feel like there's also still a lot of like mental and physical barriers to our vision for our education, but also our education in general. I mean, we literally have, if you're in an in-person class, there are plastic screens between the professor and the class. We are all wearing masks. We have to kind of stay distance from one another. There's no more, you know, group discussions. Um, even professors, I think, are kind of at a loss for how to lead discussions in a class if they should. Um, I think a lot of things have moved to just, oh, go online, answer this poll, uh, type this Blackboard response. Um, everything feels very isolating, even though I'm sitting right next to someone. But can I talk to them? You know, can I, like, turn to them and ask them for notes? Like, is that okay? I don't think anyone knows anymore. And, like, it's just hard to get, like, a concrete vision of even, like, what the future is going to be because, like... When I came to college, I wanted to study abroad, and that's something that I still want to do. But, like, when I was a freshman, the idea was, like, you either just do it or you don't. Like, that was the only, like, real caveat to it. But then now it's, like, I'm in the process of applying to all these things, but I'm also trying to keep in my mind that no matter how much I work through, like, the application process, I could get an email, like, mid-December or, like, January 1st. It's, like, oh, by the way... Like, even though you've already planned for all this and you didn't, like, and you didn't register for classes for your second semester at William & Mary, like, we had to cancel this thing because the international travel is bad. And, like, my future that I'm looking at, especially for my education, isn't a road. It's, like, that rickety bridge that you see <laughs> in a movie where it's, like, you either don't cross it or you have to cross it very slowly and hesitantly, which just, like, it makes it hard because I think every like time you hit a roadblock there's just the assumption like it'll be fine next year but like eventually you just kind of run out of next years it's kind of crazy to think that the pandemic has really affected my sophomore year so severely as well as my junior year and even this year it's still a covid year we just got an email saying that masking is going to be still in effect through the end of the semester potentially through the end of next semester you know i i, I don't foresee this becoming less of an issue so it's kind of more now this is what we're working with. So how does our vision change? What does the vision look like under these conditions? How do we work with the pandemic? How do we work with the technology that has changed and evolved? And how do we incorporate all of this into a new vision for the rest of the semester? You know, how can we connect with faculty? How can we connect with our professors and other students? Um, and how can we kind of come out on top of this? How do we make a new vision? the old ones kind of, I guess, down the drain. 
This is the Steely Podcast. Students and teachers speaking as one. Next up, we have an interview with Mike Bloom, interviewed by Sam, our very own um, member of this podcast group. He's talking to Mike about what he defines vision as and how it relates to his work as a consultor, consult, consulting, as a, as a cult, as just a, a guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> how it relates to his his um, his spot here in the the swamplands of yeah. coastal Virginia. Get out me swamp. <laughs> I should be the one doing the voices. How come I didn't get to do that one? <laughs> All right. Hi, my name is Sam Vito, and I'm one of the student partners on this podcast. Today, I have with me Mike Bloom. Mike, nice to see you. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Sam. It's really great to be here. I love to chat with students and uh, sh- see what they're thinking. Well, we're certainly excited to have you. Um, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about your background and how you ended up at William & Mary? Oh, yeah. You know, that's... Um, I mean, my background is very long because I've been here for so many years, but uh, I've basically focused on um, the intersection of academia with technology, and I've always been interested since I was in grad school. Um, one of my first projects was um, the, um, d- the di- digitization of Piers Plowman, the medieval manuscript. There are 60-some-odd manuscripts and one of my jobs was I took one of these manuscripts and I had to um, digitize it so that it could be machine readable and so it was weird because I was doing the codicology on one side of the page and actually having to read the medieval manuscript (laughs) and then on the split screen here I am putting all of that stuff into you know code so that it can be read by a computer so it's just this amazing leap between what's on the page in one manuscript and what's on the page in the digital format. Oh, wow. And so how could you not have a passion about that? So I've been sort of enthralled by that my whole life, the last 25 years. <laughs> yeah. And what is your current position at William & Mary? What, what is your official job title and what does that entail? So, yeah, I'm a program manager. Um, at the Studio for Teaching and Learning Innovation. And so what I do is I basically, uh, I get to talk to people all the time about the stories that they're trying to tell in their classes, how they're trying to tell those stories. And I get to engage with them in that conversation and have them listen to my ideas about how they can do that. I mean... That's, there's nothing better to do in academia. There's nothing better to do uh, for me on William & Mary's campus. It's, just, it's, it's amazing to be able to have those conversations with people and then have them walk away, try these things, mm-hmm. have faith in us to try these things, and then have it be successful and you know, have them come back and say, that, that worked, I'd, I'd like to try something else. Is there a way of communicating with uh teachers and students to draw out these stories that has worked well or worked more than in the past? Well, that's one of the really amazing things about uh, the Studio for Teaching and Learning Innovation because we really have the space to explore not just uh, the technology or not just the pedagogy, but how those things talk to each other. So 
Um, what really works for us is um, something like coming into a class and talking about um, storytelling to them and take them through that and see, here's the importance of storytelling in your discipline. Okay. Here's the importance of storytelling in the technology because you know there are so many ways to tell your story today. Um, and they see that. They see that importance. They see that urgency of telling their stories both in class and what it's going to mean for them outside of class. Um, and then we offer them those tools. So there's really nothing... And there's a lot of real life application with a lot of the skills that you are kind of trying to bring out with I everyone. Mean, there's th to me, there's nothing except real life application for for what we do, as long as it's enunciated in the right way. So, you know, one of the things that we're passionate about is is doing that work up front and seeing what are the skills we're teaching them and how do they translate to any real world op applications. Um, so much more than doing things like, I don't know, a timed test. How many times are you going to go into the <laughs> workplace and they're going to say, here, finish this test in an hour? They're not, not going to say that, right? <laughs> but what are they going to say? I need this document to look better. I need this story to be better. Right. I need, you know, it's all about presentation. It's all about telling your story. And, you know, for us to be able to communicate that to students in a class where they're doing a multimodal storytelling piece, and for them to see the stakes of what that is up front, that to me is the most important thing. And that's something that so many people are, are really focused on these days. I couldn't mm -hmm. be successful at it if faculty members were not already thinking about this oh, and absolutely. trying to get students to do this. So it touches a nerve with faculty members, and they've always been good at trying to connect these things, but you know, our group is getting better at helping connect you know students from a project to something that is is meaningful beyond the project and for me that's the best thing that i can do i always love teaching uh something like uh, google sites for example right and getting students to be really good at google sites and i tell them right up front here's the great thing about being self-sufficient and being able to present yourself in a web form because now you can use this as a uh, portfolio for yourself. Mm -hmm. You can use this, um, you know, in your fraternity or your sorority and build a site. And that's building your brand as well. You know, that's giving you the skills that you need. It might not be in the workplace, but now it's helping you communicate with your peer groups, with your friends, creating a name for yourself, um, and presenting yourself. And presenting yourself is something that students do more now than we ever did you mm -hmm. know, in my age. You've got a persona, you've got a story that you're telling to help them be sophisticated about telling their story that they're telling on a daily basis, whether they know it or not. I think that also speaks to the communication between students and teachers. I think that's a very big aspect of uh, the college experience. Um, I know my major advisor and I are in constant communication. Um, we're very close, but in it, that's a very nice relationship to have, especially coming into college. Um, I think being able to build relationships with professors is one of the m great things about William & Mary. Sam, that is, that is just so incredibly accurate. I think you, you kind of touched on the most important connection that we have at the college is that 
intersection of the faculty member and the student, right? And it's not necessarily in the classroom. Very often it's not in the classroom. It's in office hours or it's in the feedback that you've gotten on a paper or something like that. And what we try to do at Steely is to make that, that link between the faculty member and the student closer to help them communicate that link. Would you, would you say building that link is kind of your vision for STLI's role later on in the college, or is it right now building that relationship, being able to uh, give students an opportunity to build that relationship? Is that something that you want for STLI? Is that something that's already in STLI? Yeah, that's, I mean, that is a philosophy that that we have just adhered to, and we've never enunciated it. Uh, in the way that I think maybe I just did. Um, but I think it's it's part of the, it's, it's just the water that we swim in, is okay. this knowledge at, at our core that it's about that. And sometimes, you know, we may lose our way and we may forget that. But, I mean, that's that's the, the, the point um, that, we, that we aim toward. This is the Steely Podcast. Students and teachers communicating. What's this one about? Vision. But it's a podcast. And? Let me, t- let me teach you something. A podcast is an audio medium. Thank you for letting us tickle your ears today with some delightful conversation about vision. Tickle your ears makes me viscerally (laughs) uncomfortable. Today we tickled your ears. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I hope it gave you some interesting ideas about vision and how it can apply to your life. If you're interested. (laughs) Tune in next week for... (laughs) Next week, we're going to be talking about empathy, so stay tuned for that, and make sure to follow the Studio for Teaching and Learning Innovation on all the platforms where you are active. Great. <laughs>